17th chapter. Hallelujah. Every now and then somebody asks me a question about something they read in the scripture. And as I'm explaining that and getting into that, uh, I just feel a witness in my spirit say that's something maybe somebody else needs to hear. So a question somebody else might have on their hearts. And that's kind of where this came from tonight, at least part of this message. But we're turning to Luke, the 16th chapter. And I feel like it's just going to go right along with so much of what God has already had us uh, in here recently. So Luke 16, if you have it, say amen. amen. Let's all pray. Let's all pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your presence here tonight. Thank you, Lord, for Lord my brothers and sisters that love you and that that are, are, are so hungry for, for who you are. We're not here for one another. We're not here, Lord, for anything but more of you, God. That's why we're here. God, when we have problems, Lord, we just come and get in your presence. When things are going well, Lord, we just need more of you, God. And we thank you for this blessed opportunity to just come and, and feel your presence, God, as well as hear your word. Help us tonight to receive it. God, help us to learn and to grow and to be guided and directed by your truth. We love you. We thank you for it, God. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. Luke 16, this is a very interesting parable that is very easy to, to kind of miss what he's, God's trying to say. Uh, let's just look at it here now. And uh, Luke 16, 1. And he said also unto his disciples, there was a certain rich man which had a steward. And the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. So you've got a, a manager, if you will. He may have owned a, a company or a property, and he had a steward. We understand what a steward is. Someone who has been given a responsibility, but one day they're going to be called back and saying, hey, you're responsible for a lot, but the stuff you're responsible, it's my stuff, and I trusted you with my stuff, so now you're going to give an account on how faithful you were with the job that I gave you. So that's, uh, he said, give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest be no longer steward. He said he accused him that he had wasted his good. Verse 2, he called him and said, And how is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest be no longer steward. I hear you've been doing a bad job. I hear you've been cheating me with the stuff. So I'm getting ready to fire you, but I want you to give an account for the stuff. That I gave you and how you've been faithful with it. I'm going to go ahead and let you be seated. God bless you. So he tells them, I heard you're wasting my goods. And I want you to give an account. Bible says we are all going to give an account. Not of... uh, That's why it doesn't really matter to me too much what anybody else is doing in their lane. Because, you know what, I'm not going to answer for them. I'm going to answer for me. Amen. 
You know, there's one place where God said, I, I, I talked about a man who owned a business. And he said, I'm going to give you all a, a, a penny, a day's wage is what a penny was. Doesn't sound like a lot, but we're talking about uh, the monetary system of that day. And I'm going to give you a penny. And some came later on and said, he said, you know what? If you need a job, come on. I'll give you a penny if you work the rest of the day. Some came at the last hour of the day. And he said, he, he started giving out the wages. He gave them a penny. The people started at the beginning. They said, that's not fair. He said, why is it not fair that I'm being nice to these guys? It doesn't have it. I agreed with you what I said I'd do. I'm not being unfair to you. But they didn't do what I did. It's up to me to give what I want to do, give. You know what he said? Mind your own business. Praise the Lord. Hey, I'm good to you. Be happy with that. Just because I'm really good to somebody else doesn't mean I'm any less good to you. Be excited about that. Well, praise God. Then the steward said within himself, what shall I do? I'm getting ready to get fired. He realized I got caught. I'm not doing a good job with what God gave me. So what am I going to do? He starts thinking about it. Look, he's having this conversation with himself. This is important. He sits down before his meeting with his boss and says, what? Should I do? Hmm. Going to consider this. My Lord's going to take away my stewardship. My Lord taketh away from me the stewardship. He's going to fire me. I can't dig. I'm going to have to go out there. I'm, 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 I'm kind of a low-level manager right now. But if I get thrown out in the street, I'm going to have, have a bad job record with management. And, and I don't want to go dig ditches. I can't do manual labor like that. Got a bad back. Hello? So he says, what shall I do for my Lord taketh away from me the stewardship? I cannot dig. To beg, I'm ashamed. I'm not going to go sit in a corner and beg. I'd I'd be ashamed to do that. I'm resolved what to do. When I'm put out of the stewardship, that they may receive me into their houses. So he comes up with a game plan. So he called every one of his Lord's debtors unto him and said unto the first, how much owest thou unto my Lord? And he said, a hundred measures of oil. He said unto him, take thy bill, sit down quickly and write 50. So we already know he's unjust, right? We already know he's done a very poor job enough to be fired from his job. So he's already been unfaithful. Amen. You following so far? I mean, he didn't say all I got to do is talk to the to my boss and tell him, hey, listen, look at your records. I didn't cheat you. He said, oh, I'm caught. So I go to some of his debtors and I go and say, hey, how much do you owe? hundred measures of oil. Let's get your bill. Let's change that. Right. Fifty. What happened? The cheater cheated. But he made a friend. When he walks out of there, guys, man, I, hey, you ever need a favor? I'm your man. Hey, thank you. I might have to call you out on that one one day. Right? It's not easy to hear this because Jesus is, Jesus is telling this parable. And he's talking about somebody who's a cheat. But let's find out what he's really talking about. So he says, to another, verse 7, how much owest thou? He said, a hundred measures of wheat. He says, take your bill, 
Cross that out. Write four score. 80. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, that's no problem at all. I got you. Thank you. Wow, you're my friend. You ever need anything, man, give me a call. You did me a favor, I'm going to do you a favor. Thank you, I might need that someday. Hmm. Then the Lord, now listen to this. Like I said, if you read through this, you might think, what in the world is Jesus talking about? You know, if if you were going to write a book, this to me, this is this shows me that this is God's book. Because if I was going to write something and try to try to make up something that was going to be, you know, it'd be more like a fairy tale or a superhero story, you know. Everybody's just amazing and awesome. And God's teaching us a lesson by this guy who's an unjust steward. Now, you might think what's odd here, and it's hard to really get your brain wrapped around it, but the boss finds out what's going on, and the boss, you think he's saying, you know what, you've, you've ripped me off, I'm getting ready to fire you, and here I come find out, <laughs> the last couple, you know, days of, uh, of employment before I call you in to give an account for all this, you're ripping me off some more. What in the world is going on? This evil man. But look what it says in verse 8. The Lord commended the unjust steward. Now I'm going to show you very clearly. Jesus makes it very clear. He's not saying, okay, uh, I love it when people rip people off. Unfaithfulness is just a quality I love in my children. Definitely not what he's getting at. So why did the Lord or the boss commend the unjust steward? Look what it says. Because he had done wisely. He saw something here past his own financial woes, if you will. He saw a man that was able to say, you know what? I'm going to have problems down the road, probably pretty soon coming up. I need to make a plan. I need to come up with a way to make some friends that can help me out when I go through troubles. I know that troubles are coming, and I'm going to need some friends if I'm not going to be on my own with nothing and nobody. So I'm going to take the resources and the position that I have right now. None of it was mine to begin with. And I'm going to use it to make some friends. Because I'm going to come to a time when I need help. And I want to make sure somebody knows that that I've already built that friendship that I can lean on. The Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely. Listen to this. This is the thing that we really got to focus in on. God is not saying, hey, it's okay to be unfaithful. It's okay to, to, to cheat and to steal from somebody. But listen, he's saying, if we could just think ahead as Christians. Look what he says. The children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. I feel like I really know the heart of what Jesus was trying to say here. Because he's saying, you know, people in this world, folks that don't know God, that don't do right, that aren't, that, that aren't faithful, but they know how 
to think ahead and plan ahead and have some kind of safety net just in case everything starts falling apart. But my children seem to be flying by the seat of their pants. My children don't seem to just think, hey, wait a minute, there's going to be a time when I'm going to need some help. There's going to be some time where I got to sit down and think, you know what, if I don't want to end up in a bad situation, I better start making better choices today. It's called wisdom. Jesus is not saying the unjust steward is somehow righteous or somehow godly because he was unjust and he makes it very clear. In fact, if you jump ahead a little bit, we're going to get back to that. But if you jump a little bit ahead, just just the next few verses in verse 10, he that is faithful in least that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in least is also unjust in much. Therefore, if you have not been unfaithful in unrighteous mammon or money, who will commit to your trust true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters. And he goes on and talks about, hey, you, we, we, we look for faithfulness in the kingdom of God. We're not saying don't be faithful. He goes on and gives us a few lines about faithfulness and how important it is. And that even the little things, even our money, which really in so many ways is used in unrighteous ways. That's why it's called filthy lucre at times or unrighteous mammon. But he says, if you're unfaithful in those little things that I give you, don't expect big things to come your way. Because I look for faithfulness when I when I use people. And I look and double-minded man... I believe the book of James says it's unstable in all his ways. So the Lord says faithfulness in the little things. I don't look at it as little things. I look at it as faithfulness. I can tell if you're faithful. Somebody says, well, I'd be faithful if I was put into this position. I'd be faithful. I'd be different if I had this. No, you wouldn't. That's not what, that's not the truth. The one who made you said differently. He said, you know, when you've got nothing and you can be faithful... Amen. You're faithful. You don't become faithful when you've been given a lot of money or a lot of responsibility. But let's get back to what what Jesus is really saying in this parable, the unjust steward. Listen, he's talking about wisdom. He's talking about the ability to realize that the ability to sit down and consider, hey, things are going good. Things are being are, are, are blessed. Things are are are. Uh, God has just been so wonderful to me. But you know what? I recognize that life is dynamic. There's hills and there's valleys. God has blessed me with money, with position, with a place in this life that that I have family and friends and relatives and co-workers and people in my neighborhood. Think about the fact that... God has given you all that you have to be an influence, to be the salt and the light. God's put you in a place. He's talking about how. Well, let's read what it says in. We finished there in Luke 16, 8. The Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely. The children of this world in their generation are wiser than the children of light. So often Christians live their life just on feelings. Oh, I feel so anointed. I feel so powerful. And I feel like God's leading me to do this. I feel like God's leading. I believe in a lot of that. But can I tell you something? Sometimes God leads you in a place where you don't feel as much as you'd like to feel. 
And sometimes those kind of people, well, they start backsliding when they don't feel like they want to feel. When they hit a challenge, when somebody treats them poorly, when somebody talks down to them or somebody (coughs) cheats them in some way. Can I tell you all of a sudden, wait, I don't feel all that. I feel bad, not good. And now all of a sudden all their faithfulness goes out the window. So you got to realize sometimes you've got to stop and say, okay, today's awesome. I hope you had a good day today. But what happens if tomorrow I've had a. I have had a tough time trying to have these kind of conversations with people who have weaknesses, people who have struggles, people that are kind of up one day, down the next. Where when you get through it, you get over it, you, you get to the altar and, and get everything right. Now, wait a minute. What are we going to do the next battle? Let's come up with a game plan. Let's think ahead about what's going to happen. Because sometimes, listen now, sometimes every one of us gets in a way. We get beat up by the devil, and he knows just how to hit us where it hurts. He knows how to, how, how to be personal against us. You know what I need to do? I need to take everything God's given me right now and think, you know what? I'm, I, I need to take the, the, the blessings and the strength that I have today and start getting ready for those days that are tough. I need somebody around me that I can say, you know what? I've been praying for you. I've been there when you've been weak. You know what? Can I call in a favor every now and then and say, will you pray for me when I'm weak? Will you be there for me when I need somebody, a friend? Amen. Because we all need that according to God. Because look what he says. I say unto you, verse 9, make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness. That means the stuff that God's given you, even your money. Don't be so selfish. Make friends. It costs you to have friends. It costs you to have solid relationships. Amen. It's going to cost you. It might cost you uh, literally uh, uh, money, but it might, it's going to cost you time and it's going to cost you, you know, energy to be, to have people that are people. They're human. Make friends. With what God has given you, that unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, what? Not me. (laughs) I'm never going to struggle. You know what? Hallelujah. When we're going to show you here in a little bit, when you're used to giving out mercy, giving out kindness, giving out sowing, amen, the the friendship, Uh, that's sad to say, uh, a lot of times I see people say it just isn't right, you know, I don't. People treat me a certain way and I just don't have a whole lot of friends. Well, I can tell you what the Bible says. If you would have friends, show yourself friendly. You're going to reap what you sow. God's saying this man was wise and we as the children of light need to recognize. Don't be unfaithful. Don't be unjust. But stop and think ahead. What's going to happen in my life when I'm weak? Well, praise the Lord. There's been a lot of times I've I've actively tried to build the kind of friends I'm going to need one day around me. Amen. And a lot of times when you build friends, it might be preachers for me, at least. It might be strong Christians in my life and trying to build that. And I've had people say, oh, you know what? They're not all that. They're so imperfect. I realize that. 
I never thought they weren't. But I'll tell you what, if I can be kind to people that are imperfect when I'm imperfect, more, li- more likely they'll be kind to me. Have I been hurt? Of course I have. Have I been let down by people? More times than I like to admit. But to be wise is to recognize there's going to be a time. Hallelujah. That I want somebody praying for me. You can say all you want. I got enough with God that I'll be all right. Jesus said, when you fail, you want to have friends already stored up there. When you're at your lowest, you want to make sure there's somebody around that you were there when they were at their lowest and you had time for them. Amen. These people that are trying to build themselves up by tearing everybody else down. Amen. Trying to make themselves look good by making everybody else around them, criticizing them, condemning them. But when you fail, and trust me, you're not as perfect as you think you're going to be. There's going to be times your faith is going to struggle. There's going to be times that that you go through some things that you, you... You never realized how hard it was going to be in those times. Praise the Lord. (laughs) What you've built up around you is going to matter. Make yourselves friends that they can receive you. Look what it says that when you fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. What's he talking about? He's talking about taking all that God has given you in the place that you have and value the people around you. Build Build that family, that those relationships, those friendships, that somebody has a place to be able to say a word that you need to listen to. Amen. Can I say it this way? As we've been teaching a lot lately, we limit ourselves. We limit ourselves thinking we got everything we need. And, and listen to me. God made us to be a family. God made us to have a Be a body. You know, Adam was living in an unfallen world. And Adam walked with God in a relationship that that was unbroken by sin. And God said, it's not good that he's alone. He needs some help. Amen. We're going to need some help. You say, oh, I got God so much. Yeah, I believe that. I, I don't take anything away from that. But if you think you don't need friends in your life, you think that you're, you're doing better because you don't have people to pray for you and be there when you're weak, when you're struggling, when you doubt. Mm-mm. But you got to build that. you got to build that. I was thinking here just this week. For a while of all the different places, something we we mentioned here. But before I get to that, let me say this. To do what I'm talking about, it's going to take God. What I've already preached to you, some of you are saying, yeah, I, I don't know how important that is. Some messages really get to me and it just seems like everybody needed to hear that. But this is one, you know what, I think I'm doing really well. But the reason that is, is because people have disappointed you. People have been people, just like you are people. They failed, just like you need to recognize someday I'm going to be weak. Someday I'm going to need that prayer. God put this together. Amen. 
You'll see in the Bible, being baptized in Jesus' name, being filled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody put you down. Somebody laid hands on you. Somebody, the Bible talks about confessing our faults one to another. God put us together as a body because we need one another. But to have the kind of bond, to have the kind of family, to have the kind of unity that God wants to really have, it'll take God. You can't do it. With man, it is impossible. With man, it is impossible to be able to some. I, I know people say, well, it's hard for me to, to really lean on people. It's hard for me to ask for prayer. It's hard for me to say that I'm weak. That's uh, I understand that that's not so uncommon. But the thing is, when you start growing in God, you start realizing I need to be interdependent. Right. Amen. Right. I, I need people to realize, hey, I, I need you to be there for me. Right. Amen. Amen. I've said this to you so many times. I'm not certainly not, not ashamed of it in any way. But, but I, I'm telling you, when I've got a, a, a friend, uh, especially, I, I can name several names right now. Of course, uh, some of them you, you definitely know very well. Over the years, though, that I've talked to people, ministry in my life, that I say, hey, listen to me. I want you to talk to me if you think there's something you see in my life. I want to hear from you. If I, you think I'm starting to get, get uh, cold or calloused or bitter, if you think my spirit's starting to get proud or arrogant, if you see something in me, if you just feel like it might be a hint of something, I, you're my friend. Talk to me. I need that kind of help in my life. I'm not insecure. I'm not looking for all the pats on the back. I need help to make it to heaven. Amen. You got to build that to have that kind of relationship. You got to build that. You got to invest yourself. You got to give of yourself to be able to have somebody that's comfortable with and they know, hey, you can talk to me. I'm not, you're not, I know uh, you're not going to be my enemy if you say, hey, I'm worried. You know, as a pastor, you know, I think if anybody here is a parent, you certainly understand. As a pastor, there ought to be times where I just say, hey, I'm not telling you I heard from God. I'm not telling you I know you're doing wrong, but are you okay? I'm worried about you. I would think that's safe. See, if somebody would say, are you sure you're okay? You don't seem yourself. Thank you for caring enough about me. But as a pastor... A good percentage of the time you get, who do you think you are? What do you think I'm doing? What, what is that? What are you accusing me of? No. Uh, there are times where I feel very strongly that God, the Holy Ghost can just reveal some things. Sometimes it's just observation. Yep, that's a problem. There's no, pro- no doubt about that. That's wrong. And sometimes you just, I might be wrong. I just want to make sure. Yeah. Amen. Amen. How are things going? You know, I'm a firm believer if somebody's on their way into eternity, they're getting ready to die. And especially if I'm their pastor, be able to sit down and say, hey, let's talk about it. Are you ready? You ready to go on? Anybody that you feel like you need to free, any sins that you feel like are unconfessed, unrepented of, praise the Lord. I think that's part of being a pastor, sometimes having that. But I don't think it ought to be something that just, Wow. Let's really make sure now, because you might not have that conversation. You might not have time to have that conversation. There needs to be an open door. I'm thankful. I know of people that just just are we're serious about this. 
serious about this. I got to be saved. I'm not looking to uh, for a reputation. I'm looking to make my make sure my soul's ready to get into heaven. That's why you come to a church like this and people say, you sure you're okay? Are you all right, man? We just checking on you, you know, because that's healthy. A lot of people say that's weird. It's because you don't know healthy. Like I didn't know healthy till I got to God. All I knew was dysfunctional. All I knew was bickering, tearing apart people that should have been there for me, weren't there for me. Amen. But when you come to the house of God, people care. People care enough to check. People care enough to say, hey, pastor, is there something you can do? Maybe reach out to them. I'm concerned about that. Oh, are you gossiping? No. Not, not spreading it around the church, making sure the preacher knows. Hey, don't you tell the preacher. What? What's the preacher going to do? I'm on your side. I, I know I hear, I've heard, I think it's an amazing policy. Um guy who does ministry for for finances dave ramsey i know a lot of you uh i don't know how much ministry is still in it but but it was always very bible based and he has a huge company now they started with really nothing and he would he says in his his understanding of how he runs his company gossip is zero tolerance at his company you talk about somebody you're fired without second second chance he said if if you're concerned about somebody take it to the a level higher than you Somebody that can actually do something about it. That's not gossip. That's trying to get somebody help from somebody who's able to give them the help they need. We got to, I, I, I hear grown people. I didn't expect this. This isn't in my notes. Most stuff isn't, though, you know. You say, well, you're a tattletale. Are we seven years old? And even if you tattletailed, what I'm not going to smack the back of your hands. I'm going to try to help you. And if somebody came to me with something, they know that's all I'm going to do. I'm not going to love you less. I'm not going to believe anything until I hear it from you. And I'm going to try to help you. Amen. I'm not going to take anybody's word. I tell people this all the time. And, uh. And my wife sitting right here, she knows if she told me, hey, you know what they said, you know what they did? I wouldn't take her word for it until I talked to you. All right. Amen. Yeah. Somebody said, oh, well, that, she's your wife. Yeah, she's human. Yeah. Right. And I love you enough to t- treat you like I would want to be treated. Right. To have that kind of relationship where somebody can come and say, hey, I'm concerned. I care. I want to intervene or I just want to check. You have to put in the investment right. and say, hey. I want you to know. I want to prove it. It's not just words. I'm here for you. Yes, sir. Can I say this? Thank you. I guess I will. <laughs> As a pastor, this has been a tough thing for me. It's tough. Some, it's been tough over the years for me. Uh, I feel like God's helped me with it. But to realize, hey, I'm going to be there for the people that are in this church, no matter who you fall, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be a friend. But you know what? Somebody just thinks I might have sort of said something. All of a sudden, they're my worst enemy. What? I don't even get a chance to say, hey, wait a minute. I, that might have been a misunderstanding. Maybe I did make a mistake. What if I did stumble? What if I really did fail? Do I, do I get somebody to help me out too? We need to, we need to have that kind of relationship there's going to be times we are all struggling going through some things hallelujah i thank god for people that i know are with me 
It'll help me when I'm weak. But, you know, it's going to take God. It's going to take God to put that in us. That's the Holy Ghost. In my own strength, I can't trust people. I think they're all going to turn on me. They're all going to talk about me. But with God, hallelujah, he puts that heart in you where you can love people. You can trust people. You can build that and know, hey, they're going to fail me and I'm going to fail them. But we're going to work together and keep growing. I want to read some scriptures here. I, I, I quoted Matthew 7, verse 2. Um, we're going to turn to this one and then I'm just going to read you uh, a list of scriptures. Cause this is, this is part of the using your, what God's blessed you with to build, to love, to help others so they can help you. Amen. Look at what it says in Matthew seven. Verse 2, for with what judgment you judge, ye shall be judged. What did you think he was saying when he said, whatsoever you sow, that shall you also reap? He wasn't just talking about apples and oranges, was he? The same kind of judgment that you have when you hear about something, when you see something, and understand that's the kind of judgment you're going to receive. As well, with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. Can I tell you what we need to recognize when we surrender our lives to God? When we're dealing with people that I want to say may fail, but the truth is people will fail. When we see that in other people, recognize, hey. I, I'm, I'm made of the same stuff. I'm fighting the same battles. What, what is the goal here? What is the, what is the idea? What, what is the will of God? The will of God is for, for us to try to get as many people to heaven as possible. Amen. Is everybody going to make it? No. But what I want to do my best to help others get to heaven because I want to make it to heaven. And this understanding of what kind of judgment we judge others with, we're going to receive. Do we realize how many times it's repeated in the Bible? Now, I'm not taking something that was repeated in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the same context, but let's take a minute here. We know in the Beatitudes, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. You want mercy, meet out mercy. Amen? You're blessed. When you're merciful, what's the blessing of those who are merciful? They're going to receive mercy. Later on, we have dealt with this much uh, over the years in what we call the Lord's Prayer or his pattern for prayer. He tells us in Matthew 6, 12 to pray, forgive us of our debts. I can do that, right? God, I'm sorry for my sins. And I hope, according to the Bible, we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen? Amen. Forgive me of my debts. Forgive me of where I've fallen short. Forgive me where I've failed you, God, just like I forgive those that are indebted to me. Amen? Amen? 
We're going to see that principle. We're going to read that principle. The merciful receive mercy. But I'm telling you, this is, is an amazing thing. I, I, I'm telling you, spend some time in prayer this week. And say, God, I want you to forgive all my sins, all the times I've failed you, the same way I forgave everybody who's done me wrong. The same way I forgive everybody who's done me wrong. Amen. Can you pray that? That's the kind of forgiveness I want. Well, praise God. I told you, he gets to the end of the prayer. Thy kingdom come. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And then he looks up and sees them all just kind of stuck on something there. And he knows exactly where he felt it. Like those old time preachers from the South talk about plowing a field and hitting a stump. He felt when he hit the stump and he backs up again and says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. You know what the biggest word in that is? If. If you forgive other men their trespasses... Your heavenly father. This is why people don't have that support base. Those people around them that will help them get to the altar and get right and, and, and get through it and get better. When they fail, because when others fail around them, they don't forgive them. If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive you your trespasses. It's that simple. If you don't forgive, you don't get forgiveness. If you're not merciful, you don't get mercy. Later on in Matthew 18, he's talking about that one that was forgiven an unpayable debt. He fell on his knees and he told the Lord, I'll pay you back. But there's no way he could. And that king forgave him of his debt. Then he went back to his brother grabbed him by the throat and said, I'll throw you in jail if you don't pay me right now. And he said, please have mercy on me. And he didn't. You know what this shows us? This shows us that God will take sins that were already, were already forgiven. Right? right? Yeah. This man was already forgiven. But when he went out and showed unforgiveness to his brother, that prayer that he had with God that said, hey, I can't pay you back. And God said, I forgive you. Don't worry about it now. He says the Lord was wroth, was angry and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly father do also unto you. If you from your hearts forgive not everyone his brothers trespass their trespasses. That your sins will be called back upon you. You thought they were all taken care of. You thought they were forgiven, forgotten, thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. You turn around and don't forgive your brother. Help us, Lord. Psalm eighteen twenty five with a merciful thou shalt thou wilt show thyself merciful. With an upright man thou wilt show thyself upright. With the pure thou wilt show thyself pure. With the froward thou wilt show thyself froward. God said you're You show mercy, you sow mercy, you show goodness, you're going to receive it. But if you show unrighteousness and ungodliness, your brother, God's, God's going to withhold that mercy. God's going to withhold that kindness to you. James 2, verse 13. For he shall have judgment without mercy 
that hath showed no mercy. Amen. This isn't some kind of thing you can just throw out and say, man, this is, this is that Old Testament mean. Hey, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you show, have judgment without mercy, you receive no mercy. Matthew 25, verse 40. The king shall answer and say unto you, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you have done it unto the least, one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. Who's the least? Who's the least of my brethren? This is what we got to look at. We, we're not looking at people that can, you know, do us good because of opportunities or, but we're looking at helping the least, helping those that need the help, helping the weak, helping those that are, that need the most help. That's the kind of Christian we need to be. God makes it so clear that if we can't be that, he said, I identify myself in the church with the one that needs the most the one that is the most helpless, the one that is the most needy, that's the one that I identify myself with. When you walk past me, when you don't see my needs, when you don't pray for them, you don't, you're not, you don't care about me. God takes his church seriously. Do you think, think about how God talked to Saul of Tarsus that day who then... T- had an amazing conversion experience and, and, and God used him as the apostle Paul. But Jesus shone a light out of heaven and said, why persecutest thou me? Right. Right. Amen. This unjust steward, let's bring it back around. This unjust steward that Jesus was talking about. He thought about it. He considered it. He said, what do I have and how, what can I do to, to try to make sure that I've got somebody around me that cares about me? It's praying for me. That's why we need the house of God. That's why we need people relying. We, we need to let people know you can rely on me. Yeah. Say, oh, you know what? I'll be all right. Yeah, you know what? Maybe I won't. Yeah, right? 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 Yeah. Uh, you, you think you're going to be okay? Maybe somebody's hurting more than you know and you've got just the right word, just the right smile. You are the one God wants to use. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads in prayer. There's a lot to be said about outreach. We've already had prayer for people in this community, the inner city, the nursing homes, our jobs. Such a good work that's going on. I hear people just every day, it seems like, just talking about somebody else they invited, somebody else they witnessed to, somebody else they told their testimony to. God bless you. But we kind of came up with a term here a while back that I see in the Word of God so, so important. Called it in reach. Talked about the importance of the people that God's put around you. The importance to God, the importance to the kingdom of heaven. The weak, the struggling, the needy. 
Sometimes that's that's you. Sometimes that's me. I know, I know it's so easy in this last day. Just kind of get in your little cocoon and try to distance yourself. But sometimes, so many times we struggle. We struggle alone and we don't need to. There's help. God's not looking for you just to survive. He wants you to grow and learn and get somewhere where you can be a, a force in His kingdom. Built up, edified for, to minister, to help somebody get free. The devil fights you. I'm so thankful for people that are praying, people that care. People that help, people that are kind. Don't let the devil tell you you don't matter. Some of you here today that are just so gifted. You take so much time to reach out, to be kind, to be a friend. We all need to be inspired by your example. We could all do a little bit a little bit better to say, you know what, there's I've been praying for you. I've been praying that God help. And sometimes God just put it on your heart. Wow, they I feel like that maybe they're they're fighting a battle. And what encouragement is just to hear, hey, I was praying for you this morning, a little extra. I was praying for you. I know sometimes it's easy. Sometimes I uh, I've shared with you sometimes my own, maybe my own nature, if you will, to just try to try to feel a little safer with that distance because of all the times you've been hurt. But you got to override that because it will seriously limit you. God's church, you heard every verse that we read. God's church is a church that loves and Shows mercy and forgiveness. and Oh, hallelujah. We're seeing a lot in these last days. We're seeing a lot of people tangled up and mixed up. They need help. They need help. They need to see something better. It's going to take God in you. Some of you, I'm telling you, you you're gifted. God's just starting to work through you. You pray about it. God, how can I be an encouragement how can I be a strength a friend a friend to somebody that needs a friend let's find a place to pray God just about it. I think 
think about my brothers and sisters, what it's going to mean to have that. not hindered by a lot of flesh anymore. A lot of hang-ups, a lot of personality, quirks and things. We don't need to be concerned with all that in heaven. We certainly don't need it here on earth. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Bind us together. this. You pray about how important it is. I want to be more like you. Jesus, I want to be more like you. want to be a vessel that you work through. That we can be there. prayer, when you need somebody to tell you the truth, friend that'll love at all times, friend that sometimes will tell you what you need to hear, oh yes, you recognize God's got a got a family, got a body that needs to excel to edifying. That's what the Bible says. Excel under the edifying of the church to build up one another. Strengthen one another. God knows. God knows you struggle, but this is something that's what He'll put in you. Don't push it off. Don't say it's for somebody else. We all need this tonight. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let's all stand. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your kindness that you showed when we didn't deserve it. Lord, I thank you for my church family. Just loving one another and reaching out in this community, Lord, more than ever before. Help us, I pray, to build one another up. To strengthen, Lord, because we're getting, Lord, we're getting hit in this battle, this last days, God, like never before. Help us, Lord, as a, as a family, as a team, Lord, to strengthen, strengthen one another. Lord, work through us, God. We love you so much, Lord. We ask you now, Lord, to just keep us safe as we travel. Continue to work through each one. And Lord, just bless each of your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you, church.